Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 18th of January 2012. For newcomers, go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find uh, over a thousand audios for download for free. And uh, hopefully you'll start to understand this massive system, very deceptive system uh, that you've been born into. Your parents were born into two grandparents as well. Very old system that's going to go for a long time with its, uh, its uh, straight agenda. It's a very, very straight agenda towards its particular goal. And they sometimes call it a new world order, a new order of things. And it's always to do with ordering, as we will soon find out. We're getting ordered all over the place. But anyway, this whole system is a very authoritarian system, post-democratic, as the Club of Rome said. And uh, we're in it now. And we're being trained to go along with it, whether we like it or not. Uh, all this homeland security stuff you got in every single country, the same kind of stuff, is all to do with training you to obey superior uh, commands by inferior people with little heads and black uniforms. And it's, been, it's working very, very well, all under the guise of terrorism, of course, because the new system is a global system, and terrorism will last forever under a global system. It's a new word, really, for crime. You see, and since everyone, according to psychologists, is capable of criminal activity, then you're all potential criminals. That's the bottom line. Very old idea. So they knew they'd come to this a hundred years ago, and we're at it right now. Help yourself to the audience, as I say. I'll explain an awful lot to do with the groups behind it, all these private organizations, big foundations, which are just the fronts for the banking families. And you'll find out how it all works and, and ties together, and how they put their own guys into governments, have done for a hundred years. And when you're at it, too, remember, I depend upon you, the listener, to support me by the books and discs I have for sale at CuttingThroughTheMedias.com. And you can buy the books and discs from the U.S. by using a personal check or an international postal money order. Or you can use PayPal across the world. You've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And some people just send cash from the States. And, as I say, what I try and do on this broadcast is chronicle the events, show you how it was all done, set up a long time ago, give the name of occasional book here and there to read, where often it's the biographies of those who were involved in particular eras over the last hundred years and the specific parts of creating the culture, uh, destroying the culture first, of course, and then creating the new one, which is the authoritarian society and the obedient slave. That's why children were first picked on. You always go for the young first, and they'll grow up thinking it's quite normal to go through X-ray scanners after they had pat downs going into the gates through school with the magnetic uh, censoring images uh, there at school too. So they're, they're used to it already, and it's just a matter of teaching the older ones to go along. And it's not hard. It's not hard because almost all fiction on television is to do with, well, all fiction actually on television is propaganda, especially with police or hospitals or anything like that. It's always propaganda, according to uh, people like Jacks Elal. 
a, a good uh, a good uh, philosopher, and it truly is. We've been trained by Chalavation to expect the SWAT teams and all the black uniforms everywhere, and eventually, when it happens, it comes into being. Our minds are subconsciously prepared for it all. It seems all quite natural in a sense. Plus, most folk will go along to get along with it through anything at all. Anything at all. They've known that for hundreds of years. And uh, uh, so the majority are counted on to to lead the few uh, that complain along with it. The cops will say, what's wrong with you? You know, everyone else accepts this. What's, what's wrong with you? You know, to the individual that is. And they always use the herd, the mass herd of public, to go along with anything. And they do, right to the wall. They'll go to the wall accepting anything. That's the nature, unfortunately, of most of humanity. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. As I said, try and piece together what's happening and compare it to the plans of old. And you'll find out they've never ever changed their plans, the big boys themselves. They've had thousands of think tanks working for well over a hundred years, literally looking forward to the reactions of different segments of the populace and even cultural ones too across the, the, the world, how they'd react to these, these laws as we'd bring them in step by step by step. Uh, just like a chessboard, and of course we don't even know the game has started. They've already figured out how you will react to everything. How, they're pretty precise too, uh, the, with the percentages, how much of the public will react against this, that, how much won't care, so on. And that's really how it is. That's how the world works. And we're the most studied species on the planet, incredibly studied, even before computers came along. Now, uh, to do with the, the, the smart grid and so on, and the fact they're being watched all the time. Uh, there's an article here. I'll, I'll put it up tonight. And um, this is an intelligent prison. Is this smart grid? And it says Barack Obama has launched sister national cyber transformation actions in the U.S. with announcement of the Commerce Department's new division of the National Strategy for Trusted Identities in Cyberspace. Uh, it says NSTIC announced at Stanford University in January 2011. The United States executive, and then it goes on about all the things they use, Stuxnet, uh, which they invented in the U.S. and Israel, WikiLeaks, cyber attacks, identity theft, as well as Venezuela's national security rationale of denouncing outrage towards public authorities, inciting hatred and and gender, resistance amongst the general public, or endangering public order. In other words, all the things that they're looking for, they're actually looking for a lot more than that. They're looking for everything about you. They want to know all about you, your your personality profile, and they add to it all the time. This is a Swiss professor working with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, where else? Scientist who heads the Mind Machine Project, that's what they call it, by the way, uh, outlined how this program operates through computerized scanning of phone calls. All your phone calls are getting scanned. And electronic messages sent through email and social networking mechanisms, uh, reports the Buffalo News. It says, the system works by detecting resentment in conversations through measurements in decibels and other voice biometrics. 
uh, more specifically the emotional spikes that ca- characterize hatred and deep resentment towards government, and a lot more things than that too, as I say. As for written transmissions scrutinized by the computer program, again, detect the same patterns of fixation on uh, specified subjects, states the report. Once an individual has been identified as harboring resentment towards government, this is straight out of the Soviet Union. There it was called uh, anti-governments. And then Bush Sr. started to call it anti-government forces. And here you are. Here's computer programs uh, that are going to detect you. You understand the Soviet Union, you couldn't criticize any policy of government. That was called anti-government. So technically, if you're anti-government, uh, you're really the opposition party. They're, they're the most anti of all. In other words, any policy that you complain about makes you anti-government. So the opposition party should all be locked up. So resentment towards government information can be passed along to authorities so surveillance can begin. That's just the detection part of it. It also might mean that you've got a cold that day, an awful headache, uh, and you mention something in a certain tone of voice, and that's you. You're under the microscope. And um, there's another article, too, on the same uh, page. It says, how many times do you flush the the toilet or too much hot water being used? Which of the 250 devices in my house am I using? This must be upper middle class, this guy. National security gets to know. So now we need a big brother black box to keep us safe at home and a smart grid to keep us safe in the world. And mainstream corporate statism industries to take over by these physical controls. The new freedom is we are being asked to give into uniform spying equipment installed in each home to monitor everyone equally and totally. We're being told that in order to enjoy the level of freedom that we currently have, we must be safe. We must do the democratic thing and install Big Brother's home monitors. We must create a smart grid that will allow corporate statism to monitor and control every aspect of your life. One of the corporate statements pushers, Democratic Senator J. Rockefeller, said this was not just for military or intelligence concerns. It's a lot more than that. It suddenly gets into the realm of traffic lights and radio networks and water and electricity. Nancy Pelosi slipped the fact that every aspect of our lives must be subject to inventory in order to fight global warming in reference to her China visit. Every facet of our lives must be subject to inventory. So you're getting to know who your owners are, all all you farm animals out there. Mark Klein reported the multinational corporation he worked for was doing this at the government's request. It says the vacuum cleaner surveillance approach grabs everything. Despite what we're hearing, I simply do, do not believe their claims that the NSA spying program is really limited to foreign communications or is otherwise consistent with the NSA's charter or with the FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, Klein said in 2006. Interstate 15, uh, all through Utah's license plate camera tracks, virtually every mile, every traffic light and every one traffic light town. Everywhere we go, they know, taxed by the mile and toll roads to freedom to travel, or freedom to travel. So, you understand, where you, you know where it's all going. People who listen to this broadcast know where this is all going, where it was intended from the very outset to go. You understand, all these things I'm talking about were on the table, and some discussed by newspapers, but they were on the table before 9-11 happened. They have whole departments working on the future. They, they plan in 100-year blocks, sometimes 200-year blocks the characters who brought in this present world order. So, 
you're going to understand it's ongoing all the time. And if you really like, uh, mind you, that's why all your virtual TV programs are on there. Uh, and you, they get all these little um, characters, young characters put together. And you all sit glued to the tube to see if they go to bed or not. Oh, my God. Will they or won't they? As they put them in some mansion somewhere. And by the way, apparently one of them got raped recently in the Brazilian uh, uh, sect of it. Oh, these program, programs are all over the world. And um, I guess you'll get used to that too. You'll probably all laugh, lap it up. Because you see, you're becoming utterly... In fact, if you watch that stuff, you are degenerate. Sorry to say it, folks. You, you, don't, you don't have a life. <laughs> you don't have a life if you sit and, and, and soak this stuff up. You're being trained and trained and trained all the time. And you're ticked off as a goner. And that's just how it is. Now, I put up a link tonight, too. It's so amazing because they're always on about CO2 and carbon and, oh, my God, it'll destroy us all. And all we need is cash. You know, cash seems to solve everything in this world. It's amazing. And um, this is from the Canadian government, what they tell uh, the farmers from the Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs. And it's mainly directed here at greenhouses where they start a lot of the seedlings off. And uh, it just tells you how wonderful CO2 is for plants. It's a great thing. See, they haven't caught up yet. See, reality goes ahead. They've got to get seedlings and they've got to get stuff in the ground for planting. So, but, 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 the, but the fictional part, this, this double speak thing we have, hasn't caught up to this, this particular um, website yet from the government itself. They would tell you, oh, it's great stuff. Does it ever make the plants go? Makes them shift all right. And uh, so eventually they'll have a, a, some disclaimer on it somewhere. Or, or they'll just tax the farmers more for having more CO2 pumped into their greenhouses to help the plants. Then your food goes up. Then Rothschilds is laughing. And the big boys who own it all. <laughs> anyway, that's the reality of, of it all, folks. And brainwashing goes on all the time. Every, everything is brainwashing. It's just all fiction is brainwashing. All fiction. Today is brainwashing on television. And we've already seen what it did to a generation uh, that specifically was handed uh, the video games that were meant for the, the military to practice on and to desensitize them from killing. And they don't see people as people anymore. You just see them as targets. Uh, so they gave one generation it because they needed that generation to fill the uniforms to go across the world and, and slaughter Arabs and eventually come back home and maybe slaughter us too, you see. And, and that will happen a bit. The big eating machine never stops when it's under the direction of, of psychopaths and conquerors. It's got to keep eating, you see. And it comes back to its own place. Just like the Romans had the same thing happen there. It comes back home and starts eating up you. Now, the best place, I mean, Stalin was one of the best guys, and Lenin and the communist um, uh, authors who, who put out the books on how to brainwash. It was very important to brainwash children especially. You often bypass the adults. That, the, the adults can be threatened uh, with imprisonment if they don't go along or threatened with job loss or whatever, or simply ostracized from the, from the benefits of the system like health care. Uh, but children, you see, uh, you want them to be the best brainwashed so they'll grow up uh, really believing everything that they're told. They'll despise their parents as being old-fashioned. We've had it happen in the West. 
It's a different fashion of putting it across. The same thing happened here. But this is how the EU, the European Parliament, this big super-Soviet system, and that's what it is, it's a super-Soviet system, according to even dissidents of the old Soviet Union. They said there's nothing democratic about the European Union that nobody wanted except the communists, the real communists, and they weren't living in the Soviet Union at the time. Most of them were based in the US and in London. And they'll have lots of cash, and they're multi-billionaires and trillionaires. Because, you see, it's their plan. They funded and, and created communism. The bankers, the biggest bankers on the planet, funded and created uh, communism. That dialectic, you see. So it's, it's revealed how children are brainwashed with European propaganda, handed out by the EU staff at education fairs. And this is from Mail Online. It says, European Commission official says... They need to start early enough with the young people before they form prejudices. Now, what's a prejudice? You know, it's, it's, it's simply your preference to something. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the EU, the European Union, and how they're using massive propaganda to educate uh, and indoctrinate the young very early. They actually admit it themselves and why they're doing it. And I should preface this too, because if you go into the writings of Lord Bertrand Russell, uh, Lenin, and, and every other uh, character who wanted this global system, it's the same global system they wanted, didn't matter if it was a British lord. Or, or Lenin himself, who, whose ethnicity was kind of debatable at the time. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all the same agenda. It says here, because what they said, what the, Russell and the rest of them said, and Julian Huxley, who worked at the United Nations too, well, they all said the same thing. They all said the same thing, uh, that they might have to remove the children from the parents because the parents would pass on uh, or contaminate their children's mind with old-fashioned ideas. Old-fashioned ideas that contaminate their children. That's the terms they use. Now, here it is today. Understand, if they don't use the same term like communism, you're in, under it, you're under a new form of communism, then folk won't get it. But you, you can get it if, you've underst- if you understand communism and you've done your, your homework. European Commission official says they need to start early enough with the, the young people before they form prejudices and are misinformed by other sources. You know, contaminated by other ideas, you know, by elder people. So it says here, the EU propaganda is being pumped or handed out to teachers to indoctrinate pupils at a young age. It's emerged. A Brussels official responsible for providing classroom material to UK schools admitted a desire to teach youngsters the values of economic union membership from a young age before they are misinformed, you know, contaminated. The revelation that aggressively pro-European leaflets were being handed out at an education fair to brainwashed pupils has been heavily criticised. The UKIP Deputy Leader and Education Spokesman Paul Nuttall, a member of the European Parliament, told the Express, it's what we always suspected but could never prove. Now we can. They, the Economic Union, are effectively using our cash to brainwash our children. Well, it's always been that way. And it has to stop. 
A video has emerged of Judith Schilling, the European Commission's publication manager, handing out EU-focused leaflets at the education show in Birmingham. She tells an interviewer, everybody has now picked up on the idea that we will never succeed to convince people about the value of being a member of the European Union if we do not start early enough with the young people before they form prejudices and are misinformed by the other sources. Mr. Nuttall said he's written to Education Secretary Michael Grove and Schools Minister Nick Gribb or Gibb saying the teaching program appears to breach the law banning promotion of partisan political views in schools. This is Pupils Must Be Given a Balanced Presentation of Issues. I'd like to see that happening. I don't think it's ever happened. Mr. Nuttall has also called for the European Commission to be made to halt its schools program pending an inquiry and to order schools to stop using such aids. Uh, Nigel Farage, another UKIP leader, said it's vital that such an important issue, which is essentially the deliberate political indoctrination of our children, be dealt with in an open and as a transparent a way as possible. Well, you see, the EU, you can't, the EU is a communist, a Soviet system. It's taken over more countries, really, technically, than the Soviet system was able to take over by war and plunder, you know. And it standardized all its cash. That's really the purpose of the old Soviet Union, to standardize all the countries in the same socialist system. And then the EU comes in, takes it over, and expands it. So it says it comes after the EU is accused of trying to brainwash children after pupils all over the country were given pencil cases with its logo emblazoned across it. And uh, so anyway, uh, it goes on and on about that. But as I say, this is standard technique. It's happening across the whole planet. We're getting indoctrination in school into globalism, the wonders of globalism, and the redistribution of wealth. Isn't it nice to throw your cash and your tax money? Uh, not Don't fix your roads or, or, or get better hospitals and a bit cheaper rates too uh, and all that kind of thing. No, no, throw your money across the world to help the third world countries. Uh, come up to a higher standard. And it all goes to the big corporations abroad, you know. Who put all this through? Th- this is all the Communist Manifesto, the redistribution of wealth. After all, charity's up to the person, isn't it? And charity begins at home. If you can't manage your own country, it's fallen apart, and folk are living in tent cities and all the rest of it, and they can't get work, you shouldn't be dishing out billions across the darn planet. I'm sure they picked up that irritation in my voice there with that mind reader there. So anyway, uh, it's disgusting what's happening. Remember, too, uh, that the Milner organization, the Milner Group and the Cecil Rhodes Foundation uh, merged together and created the Royal Institute of International Affairs and their counterpart, first in America, called the Council on Foreign Relations. But they have the CFR all across the world now. Uh, so international bankers were the first members of the Milner Group. Big international bankers. They were the ones who set up the idea uh, that bankers and economists and experts should run the world. Rockefeller echoed that too, a big speak, a meet, meeting he was at too, where he said it was better that bankers and economists and experts drive the world, he says, and, and plan the future rather than leaving it to the, to the national uh, conscience, if you like, or, 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 or pattern of, of the, the nations themselves. That's what he said. So it's the same agenda, you understand. And since they were setting it up, eventually money would rule, and they would rule the money, but you would give them the money. 
This is a banking system where you, you're not, you're given no option at all. If you're a citizen, your tax goes to them. You give the banks your money and you have no option. Because you see, all their members under the CFR are your presidents and prime ministers. Has been for a hundred years, according to Quigley. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt from Bank Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about the banks and how they set up a long time ago. I'm talking about the real big banks, the guys who lend to nations, how they take over the world. Uh, they'd use you all for wars, etc. Wars are awfully good for amalgamating countries through treaties afterwards, uh, and even using it as an excuse to amalgamate them all together under the EU, for instance. And this is what they did. Uh, awfully successful program. And we paid for all, but, of course, the banks themselves have to rule at the end. You understand that you're under the rule of governance, as they like to call it, by money. It's the biggest, power, most powerful force there is. They've already sunk the whole planet recently, because they always give you two depressions in a year and plunder all your assets. And then they pretend they've lost it all. And then you, fought, you bail them out. And here they are going to own the world. They do it already. And I've talked about this, this farce with the International Monetary Fund, which is just a strong arm, really. As these are pri- associations of the private banks, the big banks, you understand, uh, under, under the, the Bank for International Settlement. So the IMF comes under the, the Bank for International Settlement in Switzerland. All central banks do as well. And um, the World Bank, again, is there where they dish out uh, a, a few uh, shekels here and there to, to poor countries. And the IMF comes in and demands it back with about 100 times interest. That's how it works. But we fund the IMF and we fund the World Bank, private banks. But we fund them through treaties through the United Nations. That's how they get most of their cash from us. To private people who don't even know their names. And they're running the world. So Britain is facing a new £17 billion increase in IMF contribution. Uh, they've been bailing out Europe for, for, for how many months now? With billions. We don't even know where the money goes. No one tells us. Contribution after a request from the International Monetary Fund for additional resources to shore up ailing economies, Downing Street said today. You should see the unemployment level in Britain. Eh? But here you are. Let's... let's Get more cash. Let's wring more cash out of the suckers, like a wet rag. Just wring it out of them, and and to help up, uh, you know, ailing countries. You know. So it says, um, Chancellor Osborne will put any decent request from the international money to a uh, financial body to Parliament for approval by members of Parliament. A spokeswoman said. Now remember too, the IMF has has a politician appointed to it in every country, under another organisation from the United Nations. The Overseas Economic Development Corporation, it's called. So they do all these big building projects across the planet. They get the taxpayers and, and your countries to fund it for them, and it goes to their own international corporations. That's what you're building, big big power plants, and etc. for them. And, and then, then the IMF comes in when these countries default, and, and, then, and then you're down as a guarantor, and you have to pay it off. It says, but any increase in UK funding would have to be designed to assist struggling countries and not to bail out the euro, she stressed, because we've been bailing out forever. 
Unconfirmed reports suggest the IMF is planning to boost its lending resources of around 400 billion US dollars by a further $1 trillion to insulate the global economy against any deterioration of the crisis in the Eurozone. Can you believe this? Can you believe it? You know. So they're ruling you. This is government. This is global governance by banking. That's what it is. It was set up to be this way. Since the UK is liable for 4.5% of the IMF funding, so a leap of this magnitude could see Britain's contribution rise beyond the 40 billion maximum uh, currently approved by Parliament, potentially provoking furious opposition amongst MPs. Well, what good are they? I know they never stop anything. The Downing Street spokesman said the Chancellor said on Monday that if it was a decent request from the IMF, then of course he would be willing to go to Parliament to make that request. Well, where's the public's input in this? Well, they don't have any. It's called democracy. It's called democracy, you see. So there's that link I'll put up tonight, and another one too, uh, from another from the BBC, IMF seeking £500 billion, pounds, or dollars, sorry, funding boost. Uh, so... It's just, it's just gone on forever, this. And it will go on forever because you're under their order now. This is the global order that they planned an awful long time ago. An awful long time ago. We're also living in a time of madness. It's organized madness, but someone's always making a profit from you. And of course, with the electric cars they've been pushing, uh, to do, to again, to cut down on the carbon. Uh, then, uh, they've been pushing, pushing that. And, and they cost so much money that we're actually, the taxpayer, once again, is subsidizing them. Every car, they can't sell it for what it's really worth because of the cost. It says there are more charging points to charge the darn things than there are electric cars in the UK as sales slump. Sales of electric cars have slumped so badly, there's no more charging points. Just 2,149 electric cars have been sold since 2006, despite a government scheme last year offering customers up to £5,000 towards the cost of a vehicle. They're paying you to buy the thing. The Department of Transport says that around 2,500 charging points have been installed. <laughs> so I guess they've got more charging points. You can almost get your own charging point, eh? The Department of, so, so it says, uh, although their precise location is not known, that's another thing too, they'll, they'll, they'll build them and they won't tell the public where they are. That's, that's typical government for you, isn't it? But uh, that's that's what to do with that. So now Athens, and, and this is from Athens and Greece and so on. Uh, when I think it was Rothschild made the made the uh, comment that they should sell off their assets, you know, because they were broke, thanks to Goldman Sachs that did all their bookkeeping and says to the to the EU, yep, their books are good, let them join. <laughs> anyway, in a move bound to leave many Greeks and scholars aghast. Greeks culture ministry said Tuesday it will open up some of the debt-stricken country's most cherished archaeological sites to advertising firms and other ventures. The ministry says the move is a common sense way of helping facilitate access to the country's ancient Greek ruins and money generated would fund the upkeep and monitoring of sites. The first step to be opened would be the Acropolis, it says. So, according to a ministerial briefing dating to the end of December, a commercial firm could rent the Acropolis for a professional photographic shoot for as little as 1,600 euros a day. That's $2,046. Demonstrators could also uh, rent the ancient landmark. If you want a demonstration, you can let rent that as well. I mean, this is disgusting. That country is on its knees like this. Through the finagling of the same bankers who put their own boy in there as, as a new prime minister as well, the technocrat, you know. 
I mean, it's just astonishing, isn't it? But it's not really if you've been studying the history and their agenda. You know. And you know where it'll go with it. You'll, you'll have porn movies made in Necropolis next as well. You know, and, and all that stuff. Everything's so degrading these days. But uh, that will happen. That will definitely happen. And, and it's just, just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I was talking about that, uh, that reality thing where the, the woman was, was, was uh, raped, or the girl was raped. Housemate on Brazilian version of Big Brother was raped on live television after an alcohol-fueled party. This is, um, police they confirmed they began an investigation and carried out a search of the studios in Rio de Janeiro, where the popular reality show has been filmed. The viewers were shocked in the early hours of Sunday to watch contestant Daniel Eshin is 31, apparently forced himself on a 23-year-old student, Monique Amin, who passed out drunk after a boozy party. Well, this is modern life, isn't it? And, uh, but they put him in there, and of course that's what everybody's waiting to see, I'm sure. And it says, um, Night cameras filmed Ishan as a male model get into bed where Miss Amin was sleeping before appearing to have sex with her under the covers. Sure, the incident, the female contestant appeared unconscious. I'm sure everybody lapped it up. We're so degraded today. Next morning, Mr. Ammon was asked about the incident in the, dairy, the diary room and appeared to have no little of what had happened. As the scandal began to engulf the show in Brazil's most watched TV programs, police officers arrived at the house and interviewed Ms. Amin for three hours before taking her away for a rape examination. But it gives you... You see, this is only one uh, section. This, or, this uh, particular show is, is from the U.S. and Hollywood. It's got different uh, um, associates across the world as they do these ridiculous so-called reality shows. And it costs them barely anything at all to make it. You get some youngsters in a big a big mansion somewhere. They ain't theirs, of course. And you just let them go at it. And people get fascinated, apparently, by watching this stuff. But I've said before, I said years ago, live on, tele- on radio, I says that um, eventually you're going to see uh, actual uh, uh, pornography, re- real sex, not soft sex, uh, porn, but real sex on television, and, and it will come. This is where it's all headed to go. That, that is agenda. And, of course, it's... Uh, but we can, again, this, you know, it's, it's the same amount of people who watch this kind of stuff as go through the security quite happily. It's about the same amount of people, you know. Again, that great majority they call the Democrats, the Democratic peoples, you know. Anyway, it says, uh, China, a country where no one is secure... And it's all about the class in uh, the so-called classless society, because there's lots of classes there too, and how the, the the underdogs just can't get up there at all. They're kept at the bottom because there's always been classes. Even in the Soviet system, there was a class structure. It came out from outside the country and dominated it from the Bolshevik Revolution onwards. Still does. And they lived at the top for all that time. And then their relatives took over, their, their sons and daughters. Even the KGB was almost intergenerational, was it the sons that got in? I'm also putting up tonight, too, another, uh, it's the same article, but Hillary Clinton turns to think tanks for new foreign affairs policy board. Uh, you're being run now by think tanks, which again are all really owned by the big boys who, who, who own the Royal Institute of International Affairs, again, the international bankers. They own most of the big think tanks. After all, it was their agenda. They had to start them off themselves. I'll also put up, too, 
uh, the branches of the International Monetary Fund. If you wonder about them, how many branches they have, they have so many all across the whole planet. And also the RAND Corporation, one of the biggest think tanks, which still puts itself down as a non-profit institution. That has been helping to run the government of the U.S. since, since the 1950s. Non-profit, that means they pay no taxes. That's the whole point of it. But they can rake in billions, of course, for every job they take on. And this one, too, is to do with the National Security Research Division as well, reading through. Gives you a lot of clues as to what's coming up and what they're working on for your government or their government or whoever's government it is. And also one that's called Project Air Force uh, to do with, made again for the U.S. government and all gone, I'm sure, through all the different kinds of drones and so on there and how life is going to be in the future, you see, for you, if you manage to live that long or if you've got the guts to. <laughs> Or if they don't euthanize you first. Because it's all coming down together, you see. If, if you're elderly now, they'll offer you basically um, a euthanasia pill. That's been discussed in Britain. Because it could take too much to, to treat you. And you're old anyway. And why don't you just die? You're not producing. You just, you know, you're consuming all the earth's resources when there's better folk than you need it. <laughs> and the folk let this They let it happen. They let it happen. Is there a spare planet out there that's uninhabited? Anyway, uh, the Bible has been going to be banned according to the ACLU in some states. It's, it's really hammering at this one thing for a while now to get rid of the old Bible to put in, and replace it with the Communist Manifesto, I guess. And um, this other article, too, is about border crossings again. The, the Department of Homeland Security's X-ray scanners could be a cancer risk to border crossers. It's saying, like, we don't know that, see? Internal Homeland Security documents describing specifications for uh, border crossing scanners, which meant gamma or X-ray radiation to probe vehicles and their occupants. This damn, that's a high power. It goes right through the steel of the car. Having the gall to use this in the people is bad enough. You know. Because this is definitely going to cause cancer. Anyway, she's a raising new health and privacy concerns. You understand how they view everybody now? You're just little sheep. You know, one after another, getting x-rayed with a massive power x-ray that can actually go right through the steel of the car. This is even though a public outcry, I wonder where that came from, I never heard it, has prompted Homeland Security to move away from adding x-ray machines to airports. It purchased 300 body scanners last year that used alternative technology instead, appears to be embracing them at U.S.-Mexico land border crossings as an efficient way to detect drugs, currency and explosives, it says. Anyway, a 63-page set of specifications. I've got the PDF here as well, if you want to download it. Heavily redacted, obtained by the Electronic Privacy Information Center through the Freedom of Information Act, says the scanners must be based on X-ray or gamma technology, which use potentially dangerous ionizing radiation at high energies and shall be capable of scanning cars, SUVs, motorcycles, and buses. Society will pay a huge price in cancer because of this. John Sadat, professor of biochemistry and biophysics at the University of California at San Francisco, told CNET. Sadat has raised concerns about the health risks of X-ray scanners and the European Commission in November prohibited their use in European airports. I would say for the time being. 
The specifications do not say how Customs and Border Protection or CBP will notify people crossing the border about the radiation emitted by the devices, how frequently the devices will be tested to ensure they're operating properly. I don't care if they're operating properly. It's still a massive dose, even if it's a set dose that they recommend. Or whether travellers will be presented with a choice of declining the scan, which is an option in airport body scanners that use X-rays. X-ray scanners made by American Science and Engineering, I guess that's a company, are already in use at the busy San Isidro, California checkpoint. CBP, which says the level of radiation emitted falls within commonly accepted norms. How often do you get blasted through steel with an X-ray, folks? <laughs> so, uh, there's no point in reading the rest of this because that's how bad it really is. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But folk put up with it, don't they? They go to the wall. Just go to the wall, please. Okay. okay. This wall here? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just stand there. Turn your face towards the wall, sir. Wait. Okay, no problem. Can we x-ray you first? Oh, yes, I don't mind at all. Yeah. And now I want to see if there's a caller. There's always a caller on the line waiting for me. I'll just bring this screen up here. And... Uh, oh, yeah, there's Rick from Illinois hanging on the line there. Are you still there, Rick? Yes, I am. Can you hear me, Alan? I can, yeah. Uh, I'd like to read just a brief letter uh, to you that was sent home from school yep. uh, with my fourth grader. Uh, get your response to it. Um, dear parents, starting in February, your child will be participating in a presentation focusing on the topic of awareness and prevention of abuse. We'll also educate them on personal safety issues and appropriate boundaries and limits. Material will be explained at age-appropriate levels. The program will be conducted in one or two sessions by the school's social worker. If you have any questions regarding this presentation or would like to preview, preview the materials, please contact such-and-such uh, such person. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there more to this than meets the eye? Yeah, because they brought it out in other, other U.S. states already and across the world, in fact. It came through the United Nations initially, and it's where the children... It's under the rights of the child. It's a, the rights of the child part two came out. And hold on, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain this when I come back from this break. We're back, cutting through the matrix and talking to Rick from Illinois about uh, this uh, new thing. That's come. It's not really new, as I say. It's new in some states. But what it really does is take the rights of the parents away uh, and gives the, cho- the children eventually up being the dominant factor in the home uh, because they've been taught all these legal new laws, etc., what they're allowed uh, and what they're, what's considered abuse. Um, one... I know that one American guy, uh, one states there, he he had locked his daughter out because she, she was 13 and she wasn't coming in until about 2 or 3 in the morning. And he, he said, how am I going to punish her? So he, he actually locked her out. She phoned the cops and he was arrested under this new law because it's her right to get, to get access to that home regardless of what she's up to or what time of the day or night it is. So it literally takes all parental control away from the parents altogether. That's classified as abuse. 
and there's many other types too. If she wanted to come home with a guy aged 60 years of age, and she's still 13, that's her right, by the way. Uh, you can't bar him or out because it's, it's, it's a new intergenerational sex thing or paedophilia, which is a real name for it, because that's her right of, of choice. You see, you're interfering with her, her freedom of expression, freedom of choice, etc., to do such. And uh, it literally takes all the rights away from the parents and gives the, the new world, this new global systems, um, morality, which is no morality at all, uh, uh, and puts it in, in, in place of the old morality of the parent or, or even authority of the parent. So uh, there's a lot more to this meets the eye. You have to go into the United Nations Rights of the Child, uh, part one, and the one that just came out, part two. Uh, uh, in Britain, uh, they immediately started it in the schools, the primary schools, uh, where they teach, the, the children now give each other massages in the morning. This is from the age of five years old. Because they've got the right to do that now, you see. And you would not believe what's really going on in the world until it's true. Guys like yourself phone up and, and, and check into it to find out what's going on. It, it, it doesn't get blasted out by the mainstream. Because this is the agenda. And, uh, but my son children at five, given the age, and they can bring the pals home and say, I'm, I'm going upstairs, dad, and get a massage by so and so. And you see, you can't do that. Well, it's my right. You see, it's my body. Yeah. I can do what I want. So this is the sort of stuff that's happening and the rights have been taken away from the parents altogether for the new world system and that there's no real, you understand, to fight all the different organizations that, that are working through the United Nations that come at you, you're the target. You would need over, well over 2,000 organizations to fight back full time. And that's what's prob- the problem with this system. The United Nations technically should have no authority over anyone at all. Because no one voted for it. No citizen voted for it. It was a clique put together by the Royal Institute of International Affairs with their own guys. And every president and prime minister who signed the darn thing was a traitor. Because it says right there that every country would give up their sovereignty. That was the intention of it. And the UN would be risen up as the new leader, the new governance system of a global order. But they all have also used the, the communist plans, the technique that science would run the children, the minds of the children, the bodies of the children, marriage would be destroyed, etc., uh, yada, yada, yada. And the, ch- the children would take orders from the United Nations, they've got all the rights from the United Nations. Big Daddy is the United Nations to the child. That's how they see it. So look into it for yourself, Rick, and all the best. Thank you, Alan. Uh, yep. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. So may your God or your gods go with you.